Is marriage for white people? Hmm. That's the question being asked by an author of a new book. Is marriage for white people how the African-American marriage decline affects everyone? It's got a lot of people talking right now. Stanford law professor Ralph Richard Banks says it's time for black women to, this is a quote, give up the good fight on marrying a black man. Here he is. The way I think of that is that women have been asked to carry a great load. Uh, black women shoulder a lot of the burden, in short, of black men's struggles. And I am asking women to put the burden down. Uh, many women think that they're attracted to black men. They are attracted to black men. But attraction itself is complicated. And one of the things that I discovered in the course of writing this book is that there's a whole host of fears and desires and anxieties that animate black women's attraction to black men. Okay, Banks recently wrote an article in the Wall Street Journal and said that 70% of black women aren't married. That, that's roughly true. Okay, so is it time for single, educated, and uh, working black women to just forget the notion of marrying a black man and, and look outside their race? A new Gallup poll shows more and more people are receptive to the idea of interracial marriage. In 1968, the numbers were quite low for whites approving of interracial marriage. This is a Gallup poll from USA Today. But today, those numbers skyrocketed for both blacks and whites. So does the author have a point? Is the black marriage nearly obsolete? Is the idea just for white people? Have a black couple here who says, uh, hello, I'm right here. Joining <laughs> us more to talk about this is Lamar and Ronnie Tyler. Wow. Boy, people crazy. And the voice of reason is going to deal with the insanity tonight. You already know it's the start of the week and I got to come in here with hot lava, especially after Les Brown was cooking, he said, it's about you. You know what I hate about those little studies? And I, I don't care where you study. What I don't like is when you don't add the spiritual component. And that's the weakness of Western education. It's linear. It's not spiritual. And yes, relationship are, relationships are more spiritual than they are uh, social, right? And a lot of people don't understand. Yes, the social piece is important. Where you went to school, uh, your your education level, uh, your, your your career, and you know, I get it. You got to be set up. You got to be right. But I will say one thing that he said that was true, or <laughs> maybe it's not true. But before I even get to that. I got a guest in the building right now. Tonight's topic is going to be crazy, man. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. We're going to keep the fire going from last week. Tonight's topic. From a man's point of view. A deeper look at the so-called rise of the Neander Negro. And his outdated <laughs> black manhood beliefs. The Neander Negro. Is he somehow <laughs> limited in his ability to, uh, you know, interface effectively in, in society? I don't know. But we want to talk about black manhood and how black men interface with black women in relationships. Ah, is there a Neander Negro? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. You tell me. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. How wide? I want y'all to listen now. How wide is the emotional skill level gap 
between men and women, black men and women. Is there this chasm, women on one side, men on the other? What are some of the things men dislike about women? What brothers call in and tell me, what are some of the things you dislike about sisters? 1-800-920-158. I guarantee you, I don't want to give away what I, what I want to say early. Uh, do many black men suffer in silence when it comes to undisclosed mental health issues? Do many black men suffer from the victimhood archetype? We got some real questions here tonight. You know, I like the way Colin uh, Tippin put it. Colin Tippin is the author of a book called Radical Self-Forgiveness. He says, our spiritual evolution depends heavily on our recovery from our worst addiction. Our addiction to the victimhood archetype, which traps us in the past and saps our life energy. The inner child represents nothing but a metaphor for our woundedness and a cutesy form of victim consciousness. The inner child, Colin C. Tippin, are many black men suffering from the tyranny of their inner child, which projects victimhood? Talk to us today. Look, my homeboy joined us. Last week, we had a lot of sisters in the building. And I want to talk to my brother. He's the author of, give me your book, man. <laughs> He's the author of, I love the title, Unsolicited Dating Advice from an Unqualified Source. <laughs> the best dating advice you never asked for. Tony Massey. Tony Massey uh, was a guest on my television show, and he's an amazing guy, very intellectual guy, very smart. And I wanted to bring him in because... We had such beautiful feminine energy on the show um, last week. I wanted to counterbalance that with the man's energy. From a man's point of view, a deeper look at the rise of the so-called Neander Negro. That was close. The Neander Negro. <laughs> Tony, get it. Man, welcome to the show, brother. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> <laughs> the Neander Yeah. <laughs> well, first and foremost, I'm I'm honored to be here. Uh, I've I've watched. I'm a fan of this show. So to even be sitting here with one with one with what I think is one of the great minds of our uh, social order, especially for Black men, is uh, is more than a privilege. I I I. I, I I don't know if I should be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. You it's too late. I'm here. I'm I done here. stirred the pot yes, now. Yes, <laughs> sir. Yes, sir. It's so funny that you would sing about that shoe and then the, the trickster. And That's then, what he does. And then play that video. <laughs> but hey, he opens the way he does. for broader understanding. Absolutely. And sometimes he got to trick you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, again... You, you're you aware of it. We see it in the lounge. We do. And we had that huge discussion in the lounge the other night, right? Did, yeah. Where it was really an all-out brawl yeah. that I started. Yes. And then I left. As you do. <laughs> <laughs> I started the brawl, yeah. and then and I went. Yeah. <laughs> right? But some real stuff came up. It did, yeah. 
right? And it's not that, I mean, I don't like using the term gender war. But what are black men doing mm. to push this gender war? What are we do? Are we devaluing sisters? Are we, and, I, and I've heard sisters say this. Yeah. Like, we devalue them. In what ways? Yeah. I, I don't know that black men devalue women or black women to the to the degree that I think some black women think they do. I think that the value that black men are having trouble with is the value within themselves. Come on. This whole idea of bringing something to the table. This proverbial table has been uh, just tripping us up for years, man. Um, and I, the funny thing is most of us don't even eat at the table no more. You know? <laughs> We're so worried about what's on the table. Meanwhile, we got a TV stand in the, in the living room watching the game. You know, um, so no, I, I think that the you know the the topic is is pointed because I do believe that we have to deal with the Neander Negro uh, because you, you know, uncomfortable saying it. Ain't. I am. I, I don't want <laughs> I don't want to slip up. You know, but I, I do. But when you look at the term, we're talking about something that has has evolved, right? right? And I feel sometimes, not all the times, and I want to, I don't, I don't want to use absolutes, but sometimes I run into men who have not evolved. Mm. They're still using a mindset or even a an archetype, a caricature, whatever, mm-hmm. that is antiquated. This idea of hyper masculinity being a necessary component of manhood, uh, I could see how that could feel like uh, women are being devalued because I think there are so many men who are still trying to find their own value, right? They're trying to figure out who they are in the world and how they function. Where do men get their value from? Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) a lot of us get our value from women. Um, Are we supposed to get it from women? No, we're supposed to get it from other men. We're supposed to get it not just from other men. um, I think we're supposed to get an, an example from other men. But the value that we bring to society as a whole should come from within in my opinion like huh. i you know i often say that men have been taught to be useful mm. and, and when their usefulness uh goes away then they start to question the the validity of their presence what am i here for their purpose right. the whole nine right. yards you got to get after your purpose you have to be on your grind you have to be purpose driven and i have no issue with being purpose driven but what about those who have not found their purpose yet mm, go, what are they doing go back to the point uh they're supposed to get it from other men yeah yeah i would just add the uh the the suffix tours uh, absolutely men tours absolutely yeah and men tours are mirrors yes yes mirrors of not just what i am projecting but what i hope to one day project Yes. And unfortunately, so many of us are looking into very distorted, dirty mirrors and we're trying to emulate what we see instead of just cleaning the mirror and, mm. and finding a better projection of, uh, of ourselves. What distorts the mirror? I, I think they, uh, you, you know, you, you take a situation, you take the situation that we've all been in over the last 400, 500 years, and we're trying to develop an identity out of all of this, mm. right? But our identity and our, uh, has changed drastically from, you know, slavery to Reconstruction to Jim Crow to even now 2023. And so what we're forced to do is we're, we're forced to look at men based on what they've gone through instead of what their potential is. Mm. And what I mean by that is you take a brother who's fresh out of jail. Right. Right. Um, 
you know, socially, that brother should be digging himself out of a hole. Right. A, a social hole. Right. right. Because he's com- he's either committed some crime or been convicted of committed some committing some crime. And now he has to bring himself back to a place where he can socially uh, function within the society that he was uh, torn away from. Mm. Instead of allowing him that that um, that journey, we tend to elevate him beyond his station and then celebrate what he's gone through instead of celebrating what he's come through. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're throwing parties for people who are getting out of prison, Mm. but we're not celebrating the person who gets out of prison and then does something. So we need to blow out, you know, pop the balloons, blow out the candles. Let's wait for this brother to actually do something. And then, yes, let's let's party. We celebrated him coming out. That's it. But we don't know what came out with him. When we come forward, (laughs) the voice of reason and brother Tony Massey going to keep cooking. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 15. The name of the track is called On To Me. We had to set the tone for tonight. Tonight's topic is crazy. And I know a lot of people are struggling with it, man. But tonight's topic is we we have to do these types of topics, especially after the sisters came in here last week and, and they really cooked. Can a black man still lead his household and his woman in 2023? We have to ask these questions. Do most men have to have a go along to get along kind of mindset with today's modern woman is disagreeing with a woman and her world view the same as hating on her you can't hate on her truth nowadays mm. it's her truth does he have a truth I, I, i'm just asking one eight hundred nine twenty fifteen eighty. somebody get in here and talk to your brother true or false some men just want to talk to women just enough to get some. Is that still part of the equation? Or are women a little bit more savvy nowadays? I want to know, is the Neander Negro on the rise? I got my brother in here today, author, chef, brother Tony Massey. He's already cooking. (laughs) Phone lines is on fire tonight. Tony, can the brother still lead? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. First of all... All you got to do is look at you. Well, I mean, I think what we have to understand is that leadership is not predicated upon followership. Uh And what I mean by that is we're so focused on who's following us as men. You know, there's so much um, information, so much energy being pointed to what women should be doing. Mm. And I'm of the opinion that if you're doing what you're supposed... If you have somewhere to go... Mm and where you're going is interesting, then I'm going to follow you. But if you're too focused on looking back at what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. then we're not really going anywhere, right? So turn around, Mm -hmm. stop focusing on me. How about that? And and focus on where you're going. And if where you're going is interesting, then inspire me to follow you. Don't force me. So do you think most black men have a misunderstanding of the word leadership in relationship? I think most black men have a, a misunderstanding of the word leadership. Period. Uh, period. 
period. Come, talk to I me do. about it. And and, and and this is not me bashing men. I, I mean, let me make that very clear. I am not one of these cats that go out and say, you know, men are all messed up or anything like that. But we do have to understand that uh, for for decades now, we have there's been a huge gap in there being a man that allows us to universally follow him right based purely on not his politics not his um not his you know belief system not his religion but just based on his principles and his character and his presence that's it that's, that's it, it. Yeah. yeah i mean you didn't have to necessarily agree with dr king since you know that commercial just played uh but you had to respect the way the brother carried himself. You didn't have to necessarily uh, agree with Malcolm. Right. But you had to respect that these men carried themselves in a a leadership, with a leadership mindset. You know, they were exactly who they said they were. Right. You know what's beautiful about what you're saying? Uh, You were in the cigar lounge when when my uncle came. Yes, yes. See, that's who my uncle, that's what he represented to me. Absolutely, yeah. Because I didn't have my father. Right. I think the last time I saw my father was in 1978. Mm. But I had Uncle Ben. Right. And Uncle, let me, boy, Uncle Ben was there. Oh, he was, he was, he, he was a force. <laughs> you know what I, what I loved about him uh, at, at meeting him was he was not trying to be the biggest man in the room. He no. just spoke. He just spoke. And, and and he wasn't really concerned about you listening. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, if, if, if he if he said something that made you want him to go deeper, you had to ask for it. Exactly. He wasn't going to force himself. And I, so I have an uncle call that's like that, and, and you know my uncle Fred is like that. These are men who exemplify manhood to me, but they never sat me down and said, "This is what it means to be a man." Right. They just said, "Watch me." Right. Well, no, Uncle Ben said. That. Oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no, Uncle Ben. My uncle Ben is like a father. Yeah. Like yeah. St- straight up, yeah. he was just like. This is what we gonna do. Yeah, well, and he was he was he was openly critical to you, so he he wasn't concerned about your ego. No, even no, in the no. presence of your friends. No, but he also wasn't destructive in his criticism. No, he just said, you know, you you played until you was ready to play, and then you you stopped playing. Oh, he was talking about basketball. Yeah, yeah, Don't talk about that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got callers. <laughs> but again, it, it wasn't destructive criticism. It oh, was no. constructive. You know? Absolutely. And he, he definitely was able to point out the um, the parallels between the man that you were becoming and the men that you are raising. Oh, yeah. Which I think is important because, you know, nothing is nothing new under the sun. You know what I mean? We we, we got to stop pretending like we're, we're, we're breaking ground here. You know, right. we're raising men, and which we've been doing for eons. And that's why he comes to the lounge. Yeah. He'll call and be like, you at, you at the lounge? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm 10 minutes away. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's why we are still so close sure. to this day. Sure. So, you know, like I said, man, my mother needed some help. And there he was. Yeah. And, and would you say that he had a sense of not ownership, but a sense of accountability in his role in your life? You know, him and his brothers, mm-hmm. uh, some of his brothers are more like, man, damn, I wish I could have did more. Yeah, yeah. But he, on the other hand, he he didn't really make any excuses. Sure. He was just like, whatever I can do, I'm going to do it. I did what I did. Yeah, and yeah, I did yeah. what I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and what was dope about him, he would do things like, uh, we it's a bunch of cousins, and we're all like a year apart. And so he was like, all right, everybody's going to join the YMCA. And, right. we, and you guys are kids. Y'all going to play hoop. Then he went to the local 
a tennis shoe shop owner. Okay. This by the name in Pasadena, everybody know him, Walt Butler. All right. He cut a deal with Walt Butler. He said, "Listen here now. <laughs> How much of these pro kids? <laughs> Only twenty five a pair." What if I get eight pairs? There you go. <laughs> you know, so yeah. he cut the deal. Yeah. And then we all get shoes. Sure. And then he says, now you can't wear these shoes. Just kicking it. These are your hoop shoes. Right. And he got all of the cousins that. Yeah. So Uncle Ben was, he he, he was exceedingly useful. Yeah. In terms of just growing up and understanding what it meant to be a man. When I come forward, <laughs> I'm going to the phone lines. I see the phone lines are cracking. We about to get cooking. Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Yeah! The Voice of Reason. You know my playlist is my co-host. Y'all ain't never heard that before, huh? Look, I see everybody in the studio head nodding like, yeah! Now, don't ask me to pronounce the name of the group. I can barely get through the name of the track. It's Maria Tambian. That's the name of the track. Maria Tambian. But the name of the group is Karugalbin, something like that. What is it? You don't know it either, Andy. (laughs) I was going to say, well, you got to throw the little accent on the song, though. Maria Tambian. Maria Tambian. (laughs) Maria Tambian. <laughs> Kruangbin. Kruangbin? Kru? Kru? Kruangbin. Kruangbin. I got a, I got a couple of their tracks on here. Maria Tambian. Yeah, I like that. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason is on fire tonight. The phone lines are cracking. Tony Massey is in here cooking. What up? We talking about the Neander Negro. Mm. Because good. I'm, listen, man, I sit and I, I talk with women. And they're telling me that men are disrespectful. Brothers. Men marginalize, minimize, disrespect, the whole nine. And I'm asking, is that guy on the rise? Hmm. You said a lot of us lack that mentor, that mirror that can actually grow us up a little bit. That's what you said. We got callers on the line that may have something to say about that. We got Bowman from Grand Prairie, Texas. Get in here, Bowman. What's up, Zoe? How you feeling? Man, yes, as well. I'm live. I'm alive and well, brother. What do you think about tonight's topic? What's bothering me is there's too many people who I knew something was bothering <laughs> me. First off, Bowman, let me just tell you right now. I, I as soon as you saw the topic in, in, in Instagram, I, you said I'm calling in, and I said something. This bothers him. Go, no, go ahead, Bowman. Go ahead. I'm calling in because you know last night I was, there was a show on YouTube that I called into about passport bros. Because this does have to do something with that as well. Here's the problem that I'm seeing with a lot of these men, specifically black men. Too many of them are equating manhood to what they have down below. They have a sense of entitlement when they when it comes to having access to a woman's you-know-what. And it doesn't work like that. 
And that's one of the issues I'm tremendously seeing. And they expect women to respect them instead of earning it. Well, give us an a example, Bowman. Do... Give us an, exa- an example. How, how does a man earn a woman's respect? I just want to hear where you're coming from. It's by what he does. Leadership is part of that. But also the effort he makes to, to um, heighten his mindset. What, what he does in his everyday routine, whether it be reading books, whether it be starting a business, something that she can see that has tangib- tangibility to it, she has to see something in him. And there's not a lot of, I, I shouldn't say there's not a lot, but there's some men who just aren't doing that. Well, they well, aren't. Well, well, Bowman, let me give you the balance. You got to remember, this is a human thing. This is part of the human condition. And it's not just men or women. There are a lot of humans, right. human beings that don't respect that, that see that as weak or soft. Somebody that's working internally and reading and studying. We live in an anti-intellectual society, and it isn't just men that are anti-intellectual. There are women out there that see that as soft. Oh, I'm just, I know. I'm just pointing that out. Go ahead. Fin- finish your thought. But that's, that's purposeful, though. And... People better understand something. If a man follows his purpose, there's going to be a lot of single women. It's bad enough if you have a man who is who is a, a business owner or a CEO or something like that. He can't he can't spend every day of his time with you. You you find yourself lonely. But just imagine a man who is purposeful. He's everywhere. He doesn't have time to focus on one person or one thing. He's doing everything. But let me let me say this. Go ahead. These men who feel entitled to women's parts, right, they're ruining some of these women. They're aiding in the the destructive patterns that these women have already faced. And it's making it hard for good men who are really trying to pursue them. It's making it difficult for them. So they need to stop doing that. Balance it out, Bowman. Balance it out. (laughs) You said they're feel, ruining. I'm not. I'm not I'm, but hold on. Let me say this. Just let me say it. Let okay. me say it, and I'll throw it back to you, Bowman. Men and women are ruining each other because True. men. Because you, 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 the woman has to consent to that. It's not just a man going in there Neanderthaling, socking him in the head and taking it. There is an agreement happening in most cases. Go ahead. Go some ahead. People Bowman. are naive. Some people are naive, though. I will say this. Don't to some of these men. I'm not saying to be a rug that she can just walk over. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is quit thinking that you're entitled to everything that she has when it comes to her body. It's ridiculous. We agree. We agree with that. Bowman, you're the first caller of the night. We appreciate your insight. Thank you, brother. I'm going to get Tony Massey's thoughts on your thoughts. While you're off the air. Thank you for calling. You brought your city in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. The Neander Negro is on the rise. Tony, what did you think about what this brother was saying? I, I mean, I, I there's validity to what he's saying. Um, just because I think that uh, sex is the last bastion of hope <laughs> when it comes to defining manhood. You know what I mean? Like... It's the universal um, acceptance piece when it mm. comes to, uh, you know, being a man, uh, unfortunately. And it's something that we don't grow out of. 
Mm-hmm. You know, this was something that was very prevalent in our teen years when we were going through our change, mm-hmm. you know, our our um, indoctrination into our biological indoctrination into manhood. Mm-hmm. We were driven by, you know, the, that desire to to um, to conquer and to, you know, do all these things. And it's but at some point we're supposed to mature beyond that mm-hmm. and realize that, uh, you know, sex, the act of sex uh, should be a means to an end. It shouldn't be the end itself. Um, it should be the the manifestation, the physical manifestation of an emotional connection. But if you never learn that, then yeah, you start to believe that um, women owe you sex. You know, especially if it can well, let's, validate you in the in the man the manosphere. You know. Well, let's go deeper. A lot of brothers don't get the sex with the person they want. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So when they do get some sex, yeah. it's almost like cornbread yeah from, from <laughs> <laughs> not manna <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying a lot of brothers don't get the sex that from the person that they want yeah so when they do get some sex they go crazy yeah i'll, I'll even go deeper than that a lot of men are out here having resentful sex Right. Because they're not having sex with the woman that they, they want to have it with, they start to develop a disdain from the, for for women. the women who will, yeah. Who will give it to them. the ones that are given to them, yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine, you choose me at my worst. Wow. How can I stay with you when I evolve to my best? Ooh. I don't like your choices. It it's getting <laughs> ugly. It's getting ugly in here. Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to The Voice of Reason on KBLA Talk 1580. I'm sitting in here with my brother, Tony Massey. The phone lines are bananas. We got women and brothers from all over the country that want to speak on it. When we come forward, the conversation continues. Is it good to you? Good to you? More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. And we're talking about the problems that plague black men. Fatherlessness, no mentors, poor education. But the question is, why do so many women like them? Mm. Many women are attracted. Can I, can I be honest? And I don't mean this in a dis- to the worst of us. Yes. 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines. I need to hear from you. Reggie from Austin, Texas. Get in here. Um, it's just two points I want to make, um, and just just glad to hit, glad to talk to you, man. Um, the first one is we're not considering white supremacy. Um, I think it's it's a it's a system that we're that we're working under, and um, if it's the it's the backdrop of of a lot of the decisions we make. Um, it, it divides uh, families, it divides relationships, and we're struggling against things that we aren't really identifying. I'm not saying it's, it's it's the entire subject that we have to identify, or it's the entire reason that for for um, the state of of our people, but it's a part, it's a component. And I think if we don't, um, you know, consider that component, then we we're really fighting a losing battle. Um, that's the first thing. Uh-huh. And the second thing is, as far as as um, as men are concerned, um, there's an archetype for what a classic man is. Mm. And um, that's really a fallacy. You know, there are many types of manhood. I mean, there's there's many there's a, a, a type of manhood for every degree on a circle. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, you can't you can't say what a man is specifically or not. Um, I know what I am, 
and I know what works for me and I know what doesn't. And I can have my little part in this and my little component in this, and you can have your component and we can figure stuff out. Uh, none of us have all of the answers. Right. And we're all trying to find our way to the best life that we have. Dealing with, with, with the things that we have, not not what we want, but what, what, with, with reality as what we have. Um, and so, you know, we can come together and say, look, I don't have it all, but let's let's uh, let's combine what we have as far as knowledge is concerned and teach our the next generation so they don't have to go through the same things we did. Um, yeah. And so those are two things that I hope we would consider in this conversation. Well, right. yes, absolutely, Brother Reggie. We appreciate your insight. Austin, Texas is in the building because of you. Tony, your thoughts on what he said. I agree. However, uh, I, I agree that men are not monolithic. However, we should have a monolithic, as black men, we should have a monolithic approach to our roles in our in our communities. So you're saying that like a code. Exactly. Yeah. A, co- I, I, a code of ethics. A code of ethics. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, I, and I think that, you know, every community out there, if we start a business, if we start a venture, the first thing we're going to do is sit down and discuss the rules. Right. If we decide to play dominoes right. or spades the f- or, or a pickup game on the basketball court, the first thing we do is discuss the rules. Right. You know, is it make it, take it, you know, big joker, little joker, whatever. Right. We are not having that conversation. Because we're allowing everyone to walk to the beat of their own drum. And I and right. I think that there's a place for individualism, but there also has to be a collective mindset. Right. And as a community, and this is and this is where my passion is when it comes to especially young men, right. we're allowing voices that have no um uh, they have no vested interest in the community, whether they're outside or inside. They're the loudest voices and they're speaking to our young men and they're telling them things that are contradictory to what uh, they should be doing Mm. if they want to be productive members uh, of a society. Now, if you want to go and live off the grid, you know, dig you a a log, you know, build your log cabin in the woods, do you. Right. But if you want to live within the confines of a society, then you're going to have to submit to some type of social order. Yes. And and, and in doing so that you can't have the well. Uh, you know, we're, we're not all the same approach. We're not. But we should be working towards the same goal. Not everybody on the football field has the same job. This is getting deep. But they all are working towards the same goal. Right. Even when the even when the defense takes the field, they still have to have an offensive mindset, understanding right. that I have to protect the ball to give it back to the people who can score or I have to score myself. Can we operate as a beehive within this system? I think we can. The problem is, is that we, we have it's so it's so funny how we talk about submission when it comes to women so often, but how difficult it is for men to submit to leadership. You know, I, I talk about this all the time. I, I come from Houston, Texas, and in the neighborhood I grew up in, South Park. I counted one street. That's the street is probably about a mile and a half long. I counted thirty-two churches, right. thirty-two churches in a mile and a half. Right. The one thing that all these churches had in common was a name on the marquee. My thought process was: What if these thirty-two churches, who probably had a membership of no more than 25, 30 people, uh, submitted themselves unto one leader? Mm. Take their name off the marquee and start working with one leader. No, no, no. Imagine how powerful <laughs> that one church could be for that community. This church, my church. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm the senior pastor of this you church. You know. They don't do what I do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Evil is good. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say it again. Toxicity yeah. 
the 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 Neander Negro yeah. is in high demand because trauma is attractive. Absolutely. Can you talk about the trauma bonding and the attraction oh, yeah. that is associated with that? Yeah, I mean, you know that that saying I can do all, bad all by myself. Nobody does that. People want to do bad with other people. <laughs> Nobody does bad all by themselves. They hate being by themselves. You know, they they want to do bad with somebody else. You know, um, and, and and you know, I, the other issue I've always had, you know, not not speaking about women, but this idea that I want a man like my father. Mm. You don't get to love in a romantic way a man like your father because we have two very different agendas and we see you in two very different ways. And so what you do is you take the 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 best and worst of your father and you try to to fit that into a man. And so if he does show you a level of toxicity and you had a toxic father, you start to see that as love. And I'm not blaming anyone for this, but what I'm saying is is that we we until I can be free of my trauma, my trauma still feels like love. It feels like affection. It feels like uh, you're paying attention to me. It's the baby that cries so that it could be heard. It, 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 it's, it hasn't formulated the ability to say this is what I want. So instead it just cries. It gets deeper. Sure. Or you attract what your daddy was Absolutely. in your man. Yeah. And you can discard him. Because many of us can't discard daddy. Absolutely. So we attract what we couldn't fix in daddy yeah. and then get a bump of self-esteem and, sure. and the strength because we can discard you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ooh. not only that, I can say things to you that I can't say, say to, to my, my father. father. Oh. So you're you're basically a placeholder for my trauma. You're you're a, you are I put you in a position where I can throw darts at your at your face, I mean at, at your body, but his face. You Ooh, know what I mean? A shadow tray. Yeah. When we come forward, <laughs> I'm going to the phone lines, man. It's about to be on fire. We got Denver. We got Indianapolis. We got the wetlands of Fallopia. We got Battle <laughs> Creek, Michigan. And I think specifically of a well-known celebrity who has been highly publicized for beating black women. But when I think about what he his recent comments were about the hair of black women and who he would date based on her hair texture, it infuriated me thinking that, well, that one who is a role model for a lot of black men is not checking for us. He's making it seem like there's something wrong with having the one the But one do you B. realize you said that one? That could well, that, be for any But race. that's not just it's him. It's that one. It's right, not but just it's not him. just him. Within the industry, they are fetishizing mixed women. They, are, they do. They for do. sure. They but, do. But well, for, excuse me, for, yes. For, well, but just when, if exotic. you have any sort of exotic. And that's the problem. You're right. That's what you're talking you're right. about. You're absolutely right. Thank you. I'm going to go all the way back there. I grew up in a family that I was too dark. Mm-hmm. Okay? I was too dark, but then at the same time, my grandfather was a white man. But as I grew up, black men didn't, weren't interested in me. White men were attracted to me, okay? But my attraction was always a black man. That's what I want in my life, okay? The black men, they're there for us. There's an understanding, there's a, um, I don't have to try. I can just be. Wow, that's heavy. And these are real concerns that our sisters have yeah. about us. 
Now, people who are watching on KBLA's YouTube channel, I'm listening to the video and you guys see me laughing. <laughs> I'm not laughing at what the sisters are saying. My child is in my chat room talking. So when my child comes in the chat room and starts talking, I'm like, oh, Lord. Because she said, please don't mention my man. And I'm okay. All right. Okay. So she hit. My child is talking. So if y'all saw me laughing during that clip, that was a serious clip. You know, I'm really just laughing at my child. Okay. But the sister brought up something really heavy. Do, do, do brothers seem to like sisters that are a little bit more blazing, uh, biracial, light skin? Uh, like, what's the deal? Do, do brothers have an issue with dark skinned women? I, I, I'll tell you, I, I struggle with this. That's because you're from Texas. Maybe so. I, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I get that there is definitely a Eurocentric um, standard of beauty. Right. I'll, I'll I'll concede to that. However, I think that we, especially in our community, we spend so much time focusing on other people's preferences when we don't meet those preferences. Mm. The reality is, is that most of us, and and this is purely anecdotal, but I would think I would believe that most of us have an issue with people who don't like us, but will not speak on the people that we don't like. We're all trying to force the people that we like to like us mm -hmm. while simultaneously looking over the person that likes us that we don't like. Let me hit you with this. Okay. If 70% of black men are born to single mothers sure. and our mothers love us the way they love us, mm. could those same boys grow up into men and begin to dislike women because they dislike their mother. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, I don't think we talk enough about that. Not only that, do you know how difficult it is for black men to be honest about the traumatic homes that they, that they were raised in by women? Well, if you put a mother in survival mode. Right. And she's got to do what she's got to do. Yeah. To get everybody and carry. She's LeBron James sure. of the household now. She got to put everybody on her shoulders and carry, yeah. right? Okay. If she does the best she can do. I had to tell my brothers and sisters this. Yeah. I had a sister who was mad. Right? I had a sister who was mad at my mother. Mm -hmm. I said, your mother's from the projects. When, when, when I was born, she was 27. Right. And I was number six. <laughs> yeah. From three different dudes. Yeah. She was married. Then got with your daddy. Then got with my Hey, what is your expectation for her? But but and I, I, the, my pushback is I can understand the the conditions that I grew up in, it's, and they still can be traumatic though. Sure, you know what I mean. Like I'm not blaming anyone for my, I, you know. But that's what we do. We do. Yes. Yes. These mothers are doing the best they could, or they can. 
but they're still causing trauma that has to be dealt with. So how do we deal with them? And this is where the individual, this is where the mentor comes in. This is where the transformation from boyhood to manhood is so important. This is where men have to stop looking outward and start looking inward. You start, Ooh. you talked about the uh, the victim archetype, yeah. archetype, and there's so many of us that are are just we have a litany. I mean, just a long list of people. Would you? Would would you? There's so many men who got the victimhood archetype yeah. tied to their wallet. Oh, absolutely. If I spend money, I need to get honey. Yeah, yeah. Now, if I spend High, like three, two, three hundred dollars. Yeah, something need to happen this evening. Right, it's a fair exchange. <laughs> Victimhood connected to the wallet. Absolutely, and and it Ooh. makes sense because the only way to get out of poverty is money. But poverty is not just a state of, of uh, is not just a financial state. It's an emotional state. It's a spiritual state. It's a it's a psychological state, and we start to believe that our money can buy us out of all types of poverty, but it can't. Not, especially not internal no, poverty. Absolutely not. You That's cannot, the poverty money yeah, don't work on. You cannot fix a broken heart with money. Woo, you just here we can't go. Do it. Here we go. Phone lines is cracking. Who's on the longest? Cali, Soul, Denver. Get in here. Peace, brothers. <laughs> I told you we was going to talk real tonight from a man's perspective. <laughs> Ooh, I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> um,. <laughs> First of all, to that, to what he was just saying about um, in regards to brothers liking lighter skinned women or whatever, like we still got colorism within our community and society absolutely contributes to that. And we continue to fall for the okie doke. Um, <laughs> my journey to accepting my beauty was a long one because since I was a little girl, people would tell me how beautiful I was, but I thought that they were just patronizing me because I'm a chocolate woman. So oh, I was like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You did you see whatever? Did you see Callie Soul? She came to the shooting of the Situation Ship. Oh, did she? She was on the Almond Joy side of the ah, game. Yes, yeah, yes. the mounds. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I recognized his face. Okay, <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Callie. Finish. So. Yes, it's fine. So um, fast forward, it took me until I was like age 32 to really step into my beauty and, and recognize it for myself. And I had to shave my hair off to get to that point and actually see my reflection. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm good. I get it. So fast forward now, I love to see the brothers out in the stores at the, at the whatever with a girl. And they look at me and they're like, oh, wow. I, sh I should have hung on and stuck around for a black woman a little bit longer because I didn't know they made them like that. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. And hi to your girlfriend too. Hi, hi. How you doing, boo? Bye-bye. I don't, I don't want him. You ain't even got to worry about me. I don't move like that. But, but through going through all of that, go ahead. I'm no, no, sorry. no. Go ahead. Through going through all of that, finish your thought. Through going through all of that, I recognize that the peacocking that some of black mm. men do is a direct effect of the victimization because the ego's slick. Mm -hmm. It can be a coward or it can be real nasty, loud, and boisterous. So when I see those guys acting out in that way to where it's just straight peacock, I'm like trying to decipher to myself the difference between their societal 
programming, like, okay, is this brother really cocky or is this just like his um, defense mechanism going up because he's had to prove himself all of his life and he doesn't necessarily know how to code switch out of the code switch. Like, yeah, you've been projecting all of that to society, but I'm standing right here in front of you. I'm, I'm just a simple black woman. I don't need you to peacock for me because I know who you are. I see your core. No, no, no. That's not going to work for no dude. Go ahead. I, Tony. I, 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 I like to, I'm not, I like to ask you a question, Kelly, not to break it down for me, not to challenge you, but to get a deeper understanding of what you're saying. Because what confuses me is if you are able to discern between the peacocking that is artificial because he's hiding trauma or the peacocking because, um, you know, he's uh, he doesn't know how to code switch out the code switch, as you say, um, does it one, does it matter? And two, if it matters, uh, what is your responsibility in that uh, dealing with that? Patience and love is my responsibility. Your responsibility, Callie, your responsibility should be walking away. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Because if you can see that on a spiritual level, that's that's God saying, see, now leave. But you raise a great point, Callie, and maybe you could give us some insight on this. Because we really know and we can see it and brothers will switch personalities because one works better. Yeah. Brothers will turn into the Neander Negro in order to get the girl he wants as opposed to the girl he got to settle for. Mm. Because we've seen it work. Mm. Can we talk about that? Your attraction to the Neander Negro, a.k.a. the Pookie? I'm not saying I'm into hugging porcupines. I'm just saying (laughs) I will (laughs) offer you some grace in that moment. You know, like, in those moments, we can either snap off and let the clown shoe fly all the way out, or we can just see it as a true call for love. And like you said, walk away. But oftentimes that is not what happens. What happens is a clash of the Titans in that moment where the sister go off and say something to him. Then he's going to say something back and we've got a whole reactive situation. So no, I'm not saying I'm still going to move toward this, you know, person that's having a great call for love. Me meeting it with patience and love is just saying, "Wow, I still love you anyway." Take right. care. But is it? And you, you represent a different kind of woman. Callie Soul's different. Hmm. But there might be some women out there that says, "I want to conquer him." Yeah. Let's wanna, not forget that the female I, ego is is different too. It is. I want to fix him. Oh, I wanna, absolutely. I want to conquer him. I want to fix him. I want to love on him. Yeah. All that. Yeah. When you should really just leave mm-hmm. him alone. You, just, you saw the <laughs> peacock. You really? saw the feathers. You should just walk. Just walk. Are those feathers? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just walk. Sat- Callie, uh-huh. so Porcupine we appreciate. Porcupine quills. That's we appreciate the call, baby girl. You brought Denver, Colorado in Thank the you. building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call us at 1-800-920-1580. When I come forward. Whoever's been on the line the longest, that's Nazarene X. We coming right to you. We got a lot to talk about. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 15. Right. Have you ever heard this record before? I don't think so. Tonight, my playlist is always my co-host, but tonight I'm playing unique records. 
This track is called August 10. It's by that same group. What is it? Uh, Karangbin. I listen to it all the time. I just, tonight I was like, I gotta play this group. Karangbin. But the name of this track is August 10. Yeah. It's such a vibe tonight. The phone lines are completely jammed from all over the United States. Let's get these callers in here. Who's been on the longest Nazarene X from the wetlands of Fallopia? <laughs> Man, yeah. Man. <laughs> you got to give us you got to give us a real city brother you can like a long distance call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no place like home ain't no place like home but nah shout out to the brother tony massey in the what building up, what up yeah he's cooking he's, he's cooking yeah tonight. brother yes it's been solid so what's your and, uh, what's your thoughts well, that's the thing, like, I've been listening, and really, I, I know even when the co-host is real groovy and all, I've been wanting to choose a little bit more violence than, like, it's a little different. That's why, I, that's, that's why I had to play the music and cool us out, because yeah. I know how we get in. We had the vibe, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So this, help help me, help, help I, I, just help me. Okay. What I also heard earlier, and I think that's part of, what ties in the one thing that could be said, like brothers might have a difficulty in dealing with us sisters, but even this whole thing of like the good guy mentality, it's, it's solid. Like you just be the best man you are, but part of our responsibility as brothers is to stop uh, tolerating just the pusillanimous activities of these dudes that need to be, or need to have an easier time with sisters because to a degree, I understand, like, people keep saying, like, oh, you know, it's too hard or it's making it more difficult. But that's what helps us appreciate those rare few. Mm -hmm. Like, from a community aspect, even back on the Sparta type thing or whatever, it's like part of the problem is a lot of our sisters apparently are getting used to being able to choose the low-hanging fruit from us as men. So it's kind of like a, a double-edged sword if, Everyone that's claiming to be a good guy is complaining about the quote-unquote bad guy that's making it hard for sisters to see them. Part of your responsibility as a good man is to help a woman identify you and continue to stand apart from those that might not be for her. Whether that means also us standing in the ring together back at the barbershops having certain conversations because each one of us, like it's the iron sharpens iron thing. And I get a little turned on that because I would rather have that how you say like that one in a billion sisters. That don't mean like I'm not I'm not saying that women as a whole are bad or our, our sisters are are a hopeless species or anything like that. I'm just staying locked in on the prize. So whether it's the women that are just used to, I guess, getting over on a dude that would just serve them and let them walk all over and whatever it is, they not really even on my radar. How you say it's like if somebody has a problem with you, it's what kind of energy you give it that affects your world. So it's like the good women are in my sights. If a woman fall off, so be it. I'm going to keep it pushing. If a dude's like, nah, you got to stop being so hard on the sister. I'm not hard on sisters. It's just like we're supposed to have our standards elevated on both sides. Like it works both ways. So I'm not trying to be the low-hanging fruit for a sister regardless. And if she thinks I am, more likely than not, 
I might end up with the little punani pie as I continue my voyage, seeking the one that's more divinely aligned with my purpose in the forward process of life. So, uh, so wait, wait, hold on one second. Play Fantastic bad, Voyage for me. <laughs> Lakeside, yeah, let's, put Fantastic. Okay. Let's do it. Keep it funky. <laughs> Uh, can we just have a quick uh, music break? Fantastic voyage. All right, look, all right, let's just go. <laughs> all right. Watch yeah. you out here tripping. Watch you out here. There's a party over here that ain't no job. Live, all the way live. Don't even have to walk. Don't even have to drive. Hey. Hey. That's what you do. Yeah. How's that Oh, man, boy, you crazy for that one. <laughs> There's a read. Just slam on it, man. I'm, I'm going to keep. I'm gonna stay out of the way and everything, but I mean, I, I love the conversations, though. You already know it's all love and respect. I appreciate, adore what you do. Mm-hmm. Everyone, please remain tapped in. I just hope we can have conversations and continue to be courageous in having these conversations so that we can better vet ourselves. There you go. Try man. to leave it like that. Let's get back to the. There you go. The cooling, the grooving, you know what I'm saying? But keep it funky, though. I appreciate it, Nazarene X, Wetlands of Fallopia. <laughs> now, let me just say this real quick. Ah, oh, man, this, this one hurts. But here's the thing. Why do you care? Just like a woman is dependent on m- most women. Let me preface that. Some but all. Most women are dependent on the Disneyland the Disney script for relationships, happily ever after, all of that. But men are too. Yeah. Men want to be Prince Charming. And in wanting to be something to someone else, you create a need. And where there is a need, there's a potential deficit. Mm. Why do you care what she thinks? Right. And many men are made by what their woman thinks. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying... Your woman shouldn't think highly of you. I'm not saying your woman shouldn't respect you. And I'm not saying you shouldn't appreciate it when she does. What I'm saying is you shouldn't die. Right? Right. You 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 shouldn't crumble internally if that's not there. True. And if it's not there, don't try to cultivate it through your behavior. Right. Many men try to perform to get approval. Oh, that's listen, I don't have to perform and I won't perform and I I, I won't tap dance for you. Right. I'm not a relationship thespian. I'm not going to act. I'm not going to put on... I'm not going to do any of that. Yeah. And I think that's important. And a lot of men do that. Absolutely. And that's where they get in trouble with women because they figure if I perform, I should be paid. Right. Talk to me about that. No, absolutely. I... You know, and and this is the thing. You touch on something that's so important, and I touch on this in my book. Once a man learns what the blueprint is, once he learns the script, he'll follow it. He'll memorize it. He'll he will he will act it out. He will be exactly who you tell him to be. Right. Right up until the point where you stop telling him, <laughs> and now all of a sudden he has to be himself. Right. We've been conditioned and, and we've learned through our behavior that we know that all women aren't the same. So I'm going to be whoever the woman in front of me needs me to be, wants me to be, 
until I either I no longer want her or she requires me to be who I actually am. Can you imagine being your least effective and productive self when you're your true self? Right. You can't. It's it's. It's, it's almost like you get more yeah, from acting. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh God. One eight hundred. And and then that's why we look across the the table or we look across the room and say, well, why does he get her? Well, that's because he's doing the same thing. He's just doing it better than you. <laughs> he's or, better at acting than you. <laughs> or he's reached a, a point of self-actualization. He is who he says he is. Ooh. And he's not looking for validation from the woman he's with. Uh, the validation he gets is, is internal. Yes. And again, we go back to leadership. The yes. leader does not turn around to see who's following. The leader inspires followers. He's trailblazing. That's it. Yeah. yeah. He's Absolutely. making roads where there are none. Absolutely. one 800 Let's get this caller on right now. Ronan. Oh, what? Okay, look. Ronan, <laughs> you're next. When I come forward, <laughs> Ronan. You know, it's, it's Heru Ali, actually. Heru Ali is next. When we come forward, all calls. We get deep on these topics and start talking. We still got a lot to talk about. But when we come forward, we go into the callers. Fire tonight. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Now I'm on the one on one. Going about 107 miles an hour. I'm trying to duck. I got somewhere to go. Ladies and gentlemen, my playlist is my co host. This track is called First Responders. Terrence Martin, Robert Glasper, and the great Kumasi Washington. Man, y'all check it out, man. We 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 turned up today. You, I see you looking at you. Oh, I'm, I'm pulling Ice Cube over here. <laughs> Give me that beat, fool. <laughs> and listen, men have to come together in environments like this and have discussions more often. We're not going to always agree. But this is the environment, right? It has to be a little lax, and then we get a little deep, and then we get some music involved. Because sometimes we want to get so deep that, you know, people aren't ready for yeah. it, and, you know, it turns into something else. But these are the types of environments that I'd like to create for more men to open up and share how they really feel. Heru Ali, please, brother, wrap your thought here. Absolutely. Listen, if you're um, going to um, kick against a prick in the biblical sense, if you're not going to be subject to me, unfortunately, you will be subject to thee. And, and the thee is the dominant society and those that try to in, invade this country because I'm willing to die for you, but you don't value that. Mm. You only you only look at me as a convenience. Let's get down to the brass tacks. If you don't want to be sub submissive to me, a loving black man who loves you, who worshipped you as a king, queen, you are going to be subject to thee. Those who are only going to do the most dastardly, 
most demonic stuff to you. Let me just, just say like this. In the past. Harold, let he me say this. Wait, before before you nation. leave, before you leave, Harold, let me just say, Harold, I love the way you kept yourself from cursing. We could hear it. Yeah. Her, curse words yeah, was know. curse you words were know. fighting to get out and you we love you, brother. Thank you, Battle Respect Creek, Michigan. Man. <laughs> Peace and love to the family and neighbors. Please stay safe. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's keep these callers rolling. Ronan, get in here right now. Right now. We got to make it quick. Let's go. Hey, what's good, Tony and uh, Zoe? What's going on? Yes, sir. Right, yes, sir. Uh, uh, to your question, uh, do black men suffer from the victimhood archetype? I believe when you allow yourself to become a prisoner of their perspective. Mm. A good. prisoner and of their perspective. Okay. I like that. When it comes down to it, uh, a lot of us guys are programmed not to find our personal narrative. And we start understanding that we're supposed to pro- not, not just provide and protect, but we're supposed to pro- problem solve and procreate. That's mm-hmm. why we're splitting half. We're trying to figure out, you know, we're trying to be these puppets out here when you got to realize you were built, you were built to oppose environment especially the negative environments that tell you not to be that fully realized man that you were meant to be. So that's why we get a lot of conflict within ourselves. But when you start stepping outside their comfort zone and you start writing your own script, you start opening yourself up to the world as you need to be. You start accepting your accomplishments as a man, as growth, not being a puppet, I mean, a puppet of preference. Wow. But you start moving, you start moving with purpose and, it helps ward off those uh, neander thoughts and goofballs that keep you from the <laughs> Ronan from Indianapolis, you brought your city in the building. We appreciate the call. We moving on. <laughs> Tiffany from Atlanta, get in here. Keep it that. brief. Speaking about a clip played earlier, there are black men out there who date outside of their race, and there are black men out there who put black women down as they date outside of their race, but outside of their race. But black women, please, black women, mind your business. Mm. Just mind your black business, because to that extent, you done seen all over the news when these men's getting murdered by these women, and then they family want to turn to us to uplift the community. Like, no, mind your business. These men are allowed to live their life and date who they want. And we, the black women race, we are not the one and done. I understand you you want that, you want it. But, baby, we are not the one and done. There are other women out here. Let them have them. Just let them have their pick and you take your pick. Then mind your business. Mm. I love you, Zoe. Thank y'all. Have a good night. Thank you, mm. Tiffany. You brought Atlanta in the building. Let's keep going. True monger, Dallas, Texas. Make it quick. Yes, sir. Uh, I appreciate this topic because a lot of time, a lot of uh, what we were taught as men is, and nobody really cares about what you're going through. Just keep going, do whatever you think you need to do. Nobody cares about what you may be going through, and it takes a while to break that and to get people to realize that you're trying to work on that, even though it might be it might just be part of you. Because we're all works in progress. We're going. We're always going to have something to work on, but at some point you just got to be honest about what it is. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do something to change it or if you're not, it's on you. Once you realize what it is, it's up to you what you do afterwards. Absolutely. My brother, True Monger, Dallas, Texas is in the building because of you. Sean, you're the final caller. Oakland, California. Keep it brief. 
Absolutely, brother. So here's here's a different take on this thing. So when you are meeting someone and you go through that whole physical thing where everything is going bright and shiny and you guys are just loving each other physically, right? That time wears down. Doesn't mean it can't be that way for a long time. But then here's what I say. What are the questions that you ask one another that you need to make that relationship last a long time? And I want to say this to everyone. Make sure you ask those questions, right? What is important to you? What will make this thing last a long time? Because the physical kind of stuff, as beautiful as it is, and as much as I love it, is a short-term thing. So make sure you figure out what you really want in a relationship for the long term. Exactly. I appreciate you, Sean. We appreciate you brought Oakland, California in the building. We ran through six callers that quick. Tony, where can they find you? How can they support you? Your book is great. Tell them where to go get it. So go to Amazon.com, type in Tony Massey in the search bar. Uh, All three of my books will pop up. You can also follow me, Tony Massey Cooks, on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. This was an amazing show. It flew by real quick. I thought it was two hours, man. It, was it is. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, listen. I don't – listen. I start the conversation, but it's your job to finish it. We don't have all the answers, but we sure do love starting the discussion. Please continue it out into the world, and tomorrow I will return with yet another banger. Deuces. KBLA 1580 Santa